0: Welcome to the Fishers of Men podcast, brought to you by us at So Much Media. I'm Mary Ashley Burton. I'm Laura Samara-Sams. This podcast is about relationships and your walk with Jesus.
1: It's about the true stories of Christian men and women's struggles with chastity, sex, marriage, and relationships in a post-Christian culture.
0: listening to another episode of the Fishers of Men podcast. Today we're here with Marlena Graves. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us.
2: Of course, I'm glad to be here.
0: Yeah, so could you give us a little intro? Tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Yeah, I kind of always feel weird talking about myself, but uh, (laughs) I did marry (laughs) Ashley at a um, conference at Notre Dame, Mm -hmm. University of Notre Dame in Indiana, the Trying to Say God mm-hmm. conference. And so I'm um, glad to be connected to her and Lara. Right for Often for Christianity Today. It's one of the flagship evangelical magazines and Our Daily Bread. And I have a book called The Beautiful Disaster, trying to find hope in the midst of the brokenness, finding hope in the midst of the brokenness. And it's about how God uses our suffering to form us, whether it's major crises in our lives, like a death, a loss of a job, mm-hmm. or, you know, it could mm-hmm. even be not finding the marriage partner that you want to find. And also just the everyday quiet moments of desperation, where's God and all of that. And what I do is mm. use the wisdom of the desert fathers and mothers and other writers that I like, like Nowen and Merton and a bunch of mm-hmm. other people just to see where God is in our moments of quiet desperation or our living hells. And I tell my, my story and how I've come to know God do that so it's theology a awesome. operate theology of suffering thank you and I hope it's not uh, I don't think it's too depressing I think it offers hope that's the title that my publishers wanted to put on it hope in the midst the brokenness and so I uh, mm-hmm. also spend my time I have three little girls 10 five and two and a half my husband's a philosophy professor and I also spend my time um I work for my church as a director of adult discipleship so my time spent between writing, speaking, and my work at the church, and I also teach a couple seminary classes, so it's kind of a hodgepodge, but I get to do everything I love.
0: That's awesome. And I do really love your book and what it's about and that whole mission <laughs> that that you said to talk about. And so what we're going to talk about today, I'm also super interested in and really thankful that you wrote this article you wrote this article a little while ago for Christianity Today called how to avoid marrying the wrong christian and <laughs> i love this because let me tell you i already i'm only 32 and i have friends that are already divorced and it Aww. is because of this basically exact uh, situation that you're describing of mm-hmm. they went ahead and got married because the other person looked perfect on paper and their families really love them but there was something in their gut that told them no and then they thought that marriage would just kind of solve all that problems all the problems and yeah take away that gut feeling um and then it didn't and yeah so, lo- <laughs> so this is really close to my heart Yeah, as it as it is with me. um, Your article, you
1: talked about having to make the really painful decision, but ultimately life giving and better decision to actually end an engagement. And I I could understand how horrible that was because you gave these six reasons why people go into marriage, and then also the counter of why they should have listened to those voices or those decisions of actually not go forward with it. And I related to both your story and then those reasonings because when I had dated somebody that was for all intents and purposes, quote, unquote, perfect on paper for me, I always knew that there was something that was off. And I heard it from friends. And, Mm. you know, ultimately, we didn't end up together. And I look at that. And I'm so grateful because in your article, you also were like, if that hadn't happened, I wouldn't have married the man that you did, which eventually happened for me. And, I know that's not always the same thing. And there's a lot of fear because I'm 35 and, you know, so I Mm -hmm. was even getting up into the like, oh my gosh, I'm going to like die old and alone, which of course is not really a thing. I mean, 35 is, is young and vibrant. We're still, you know, it's still (laughs) fine, but, but, you know, you get these voices from society telling you otherwise either perceived or just coming from ourselves and, it's such a big lie. And I I love that you brought up that shouldn't be something that we just look at and just like settle for anybody we just happen to be in relationship with because God wants the best for us. So it may take, you know, longer than we expect. It may come from other places than we expect it to come out of, you know, it could come from a friendship or whatever. But I think if we're driven by fear, that is the number one thing to not Mm. do. And enter into a relationship. Cause I have friends that I think ultimately that has happened. You know, they married somebody because they thought if I don't marry him, who's going to love me. And I'm like,
2: Oh man, yeah. you're
1: so great. You know, like you shouldn't let that be the thing. And then there's so many other things like friends, just seeing something that you don't, I mean, you go, you go over all of that as well. So yeah. yeah all so. <laughs> back to say, thank you.
0: <laughs> so let's take a step back. So what inspired you to write this article? Well, the
2: reason why I wrote this article at the time, I worked on a college campus, campus and student life. I was a resident director where my husband um, mm. taught philosophy and I had a lot, a lot of, it was a Christian college and a lot of young students, younger than me, um, Coming to talk to me about relationships and come to my husband and I for marriage counseling, I heard a lot of what you mentioned, reasons they wanted to get married, my parents like him, or there was, I remember one particular relationship where my parents think he's going to be too poor and they don't think I should marry him
0: because mm-hmm. he's not going to make no, any money. No. But he ended
2: up being a great person. You know, I said, well, you know what, you're going to have to live with your decision every day of your life. Yeah. Your parents yep. won't have to live with that. But yeah. I would just get internally just twisted up for them, bent out of shape because they would come mm. to me for advice and I would only offer advice if they asked, uh, for it but sometimes I had to tell them things that they didn't want to hear like I don't think he's the right one for you or I don't think she's the right one for you and I would share this story so I figured if I'm encountering a lot of 20 to 23 year olds that are you know thinking about marriage they're going to be graduating from college soon I mean wondering if this is the only chance they have at a Christian college to get married. Mm. I figured that there must be a lot of other people struggling with it. And that's why I wrote the article in the first place. And I mean, at that point, I didn't like sharing a lot of my own, I quickly got over it, my personal information, but I figured this would be helpful to other people. And I've, even this probably six weeks ago, someone emailed me about this article and it was a mother mother's uh, daughter was thinking about breaking up an engagement or just broke an engagement. I can't remember if she was thinking about it or had just done it. And she wanted me, she said she ran across this article, and that's what reminded me about it again. And she asked me if I could, you know, send it the whole thing to her. But so I think it's a perennial problem. And I think that whether someone's a Catholic or Protestant, there's two minds in the church. I mean, if you're a Roman Catholic, maybe being celibate monastic is an ideal and uh <laughs> in protestantism it's being married with children but I also think in catholic too yeah for sure um and so it's as if a single person's a pariah and it's the worst thing ever to happen to them to not get married and I understand that to an extent and I talk about it in the article I'm married now with my husband but I I don't know, like you both mentioned, I I couldn't see myself marrying this Christian guy, even though he was a nice Christian guy. He wasn't the one for me, and I had been just repressing my feelings and that, you know, gut feeling and the red flags because for many reasons I share in the article, I didn't want to disappoint him or his family. And then not only just that, but then I'm like, oh, you know, I paid for a dress, he got me a ring, he spent money on me. Right. Right. And now it's just going to go for nothing. And I I was letting those mm. things keep me from breaking up with him. And I had tried. Here's another thing. I don't think I mentioned it in the article, but I had tried to break up with him like two or three times oh, in wow. a year and a half. He's mm-hmm. like, no, wow. no, you're just getting cold feet. So it was kind of controlling. Finally, I'm like, no, I'm not getting cold feet. And he was trying to make me doubt myself. I'm like, I can't do this. I can't live with myself mm-hmm. if I do this. I often tell people, too, that just because someone is a Christian, uh, you know, following Jesus doesn't mean that they're emotionally healthy. Amen uh, to that. (laughs) You know, that they'll be great spouses. And so, I, I mean, I would say that being Christian might not be enough. That's minimum, not necessarily the only measurement.
1: Right. Well, Mary Ashley and I started this podcast basically because we had been so disappointed by Christian men. And, you know, mm-hmm. not to throw them completely under the bus, just one-sidedly. Sure. I mean, we we had our issues to mm-hmm. work through yeah. as well, of course. Yeah. But I think that's an accurate picture of the Christian church as people. We're just all broken. We all have to accept that. And I'm I'm proud of you <laughs> that you were able to even so far into it, be able to walk away because so many people, I think, allow their fear to get hold of them or the reasons that seemed so surfacy, you know, like, because I could see that, like, if my parents are going to put in a few thousand dollars, or if I put right. in a few thousand dollars into this wedding, and they're like, oh, I don't want it to be for naught, and then not realizing the repercussions are going to last much longer than any financial setback that that will put you, you know, mm-hmm. so can I back up and ask you and feel free to not share as many details as you would like, but how long were you with him? And how, how, how soon would the wedding have been prior to you breaking up with him? And then if you could share any specific details of like, what triggered, you know, uh, that feeling of this is just not right. Was it chemistry? Was it a personality thing? Was it that you, realize that he or even yourself were not emotionally whole yet or I mean would you be able to share some of those things with us?
2: Sure I'd love to do that I think it's a lot of those things first of all I met him my senior year of high school when I was 18 and he gave me a ride to a bible study and I thought he would just be nice going out of the way to pick me up then he asked me on a date I wasn't attracted to him at all I thought he was a nice person but not someone that I would be interested in dating. So I dated him out of guilt. Mm. <laughs> and then for oh, the rest no. of the relationship, <laughs> 18, 19, 20, So I think it was two and a half. Let me see. My whole, yeah, my whole fresh, two years, two years and a little bit more. My whole freshman year of college and sophomore year. So I was like engaged at like 19 year olds, which some people might think is ridiculous. But, you know. I thought it was a Christian thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> in some right. places that's Tells very much of, the norm. Yeah. It talks yeah. about more. Maybe my lack of understanding at that point. Or maybe my hard-headedness. So I wasn't attracted to him in the first place. And I know for some people. Attraction. And I'm not just talking about like physical attraction. I'm just like. Yeah. He's a nice guy. But I felt that. Maybe a nice guy for someone else. Yeah. <laughs> not me. And I'm more of a. You know. God makes us all different. I. I. I needed like just a mind mate, someone that I could discuss ideas with and someone that I, <laughs> this sounds kind of funny, but for my personality, someone that's smarter than me, that I respected and admired mm-hmm. in that kind of way. I mean, that was my ideal. And so I'm not saying that that should be the measurement for other people because <laughs> some people like people that they can go, you know, hiking with in the mountains, you know,
0: mm-hmm. and
2: you know, I do go hiking yeah. with my husband. So chemistry, cause I wasn't attracted to him in the first place. Yes. Yeah physically attracted, and I just, I thought he was a really nice guy, but I wasn't captivated by him at all, like, at all, mm-hmm. I got into it out of guilt, and then I realized that he would, I don't want to say fight back, but he would oppose me on me trying to break up with him, so finally, I, it was out of desperation, I'm like, it was in October, it was like fall break, I think, of my, my sophomore, no, my junior year, so maybe it was a little bit longer, I dated him, and I was like, I was supposed to get married. And I remember the day, June 19th. I'm like, hmm, let's see, I have a little bit like nine months. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I cannot, I will not be able to live with myself. And also, I was so sick over it that I lost like 25 pounds. You know, yeah. I was so stressed out about
1: it. Oh man, if, um, if that's not a sign, I don't know what it
2: is. Yeah, yeah, because I just was like, oh, I don't want to hurt him, whatever. But I remember asking, you know, the whole time my mom and, Well, my grandma and my well other people they're like I don't know I don't see you guys together and you know Mm. like I said we can get hard-headed and sure I was trying really hard and I talk about in the article I was trying to it's like having a puzzle piece and you try to jam it in and it doesn't fit yeah to make it fit but it doesn't and that's what I was trying to do and I thought well he's a Christian that was like my own That was, like, the only children Mm. I had. He's a filth. I mean, Mm. he wasn't a jerk or anything. There were just so many things. I didn't want to have to pull him along with my life. I needed somebody that I could respect and contend with. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That was, again, I'm talking about me. And so there were so many red flags that I ignored myself. But I think it was just lack of maturity. You know, I was the first Christian in my, committed Christian in my household. And my family was always excited that I wasn't my mom, that I wasn't in a relationship. That was her thing. But I'm like, mom, there's more than just being in a relationship.
0: Hmm, And so, but then
2: in the end, she's like, no, he's not for you. The whole time she's like, he's not for you. He's not for you. He's not for you. And they were right. You know, they were right. So I, I mean, he, when I broke up with him, you know, he was very upset. He, he, I was making you know the biggest mistake of my life but I think the biggest mistake and I know now would have been to marry him because I probably would have been uh, like you talked about Mary Ashley and Laura like some of your friends that were divorced I would hate to think that Mm
1: -hmm. but I don't
2: think I could have lived with myself or him I mean maybe if there was a baby I would have committed to staying in the relationship but I would have thought it's very easy for me to get a divorce divorce, rather Mm -hmm. than stay married yeah so yeah, so I, there were so many red flags, people, parents, me, but I think it's also I just didn't know myself as well, you mm-hmm. know, the 18, 19, um yeah, and I turned 20, so it was a little over two years, and I was just growing up.
1: A, yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? People who get married that early, it's so hard to maintain a re- relationship, I mean, I don't know what the statistics is, it just seems like... You you are such a different person in your thirties than you are, and like the ideal is that you would grow together and that you would explore mm-hmm. that together. And but when you are already unsure to begin with with your mate, and then to marry them mm-hmm. so young when you you haven't even fully formed who you are yet. Yeah, I could see how that was the the better decision to yeah. to give you that space,
0: and especially like I mean, at that age, you haven't even been outside in the world necessarily long enough to have the experiences to figure out who you are yeah but so when you've been counseling students what kinds of red flags do you see them talk about are they similar to your story some of them are similar I mean one was
2: I can think of a lot of couples that were just fighting all the time and in tears and just Major crises constantly. I remember one girl that I was very close to, and I was, I really thought she was going to marry this guy, but you know, he was really addicted to pornography. He didn't want to get help, Mm. and he was going to be a youth leader. So I was like, that's all bad. bad, Oh my gosh. (laughs) Like, he didn't want to get help. I understand that people struggle, but I think there's a difference between refusing to get help and to get help. Yeah. And just, they were miserable all the time. And I, I mean, I think that's a sign. If you're miserable all the time, marriage is not going to change that. Yeah. People think it is. If you're yeah. completely you, you miserable are, all you the are. time. Yeah, yeah you mm-hmm. are. That was one of them. Some of them, again, I, I think the misery and the, what the friends and families, you know, sometimes it's not like you wish. I never wish difficulty on people, but you know, cause it's hard to say, but I just remember telling there's, there's at least two people I told when they asked me, please, I said, I don't think you should get married. I don't think you should get married. You know, after I told them, after they told me their story and they were married a couple of years and then divorced. It's not like I told you so. Cause it's not like I have some special knowledge or power, but I was one of many voices pleading. And some people, you know, they show people, they know we've stayed together for 30 years or 50 years. And that's great. I think as long as there's not abuse, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I'm close to 40 right now. And I have a, my husband, Sean is wonderful. And we've grown together, but it's because we're a lot more alike. That's another thing. You know, The I think mm-hmm. marriage will highlight your differences. If you're really different, I think marriage will just magnify that. If you just completely like different things. But then there, of course, there's people from different generations that have stayed married for a long time. So it's not like I have some formula. It's just if you, like, see so many red flags, you really... I would at least tell mm-hmm. people, you know what, why don't you guys take a break? And see if this is the right thing to do because as I started to say I have friends that are you know older than me been married longer and they're great people and not necessarily that I know their spouses as well but they're like marriage is really for some people marriage is really difficult And, and some of them wish not to be married you know but they have children and it's complicated and they don't wish their children away and they understand the gravity like if I get a divorce if I separate. It doesn't affect just me and my husband. Now it's going to affect our children. And in some situations, you know, it's it's better, especially abuse situations. I'm not saying that, but it just gets more complicated the longer you're married and the more you're involved, especially if you have children. Mm -hmm. You know, like they said, it's a death. Divorce is a death. I don't think that I'm better than anyone else. I just see so many consequences especially if you know at the outset if you had those red flags that's the reason why I wrote the article I was just trying to maybe have someone read it that might say hey maybe I should think about more than I did maybe I should listen to my gut and to what other people are telling me
0: yeah it's it's such a tricky fine line because I think partly in the church we're told almost not to trust our guts In a way, yeah, that's a good point. It's not really, you know, what your gut is telling you is not really the most important thing because, you know, it's like, well, we have consciences, but we have to form our consciences. And we do that by, you know, looking at tradition and, you know, looking at church teaching or the Bible or what old people that are older than us and what they tell us. And so for me, at least, I know Hmm. personally, it was really, really hard. It's still very hard for me to trust my gut. we talk a little bit about the reasons why people might get married despite the red flags or that gut feeling and especially in the church yeah
2: yeah I I listed six they're not just mine I uh, cite um, a magazine article but they're ones that I thought of uh, too but citing this magazine I added two more reasons to the article that I cite in my piece but first of all age you know Mm -hmm. I've You know, we all have friends that are like, I'm getting old. Who's going to want me? And a lot of times, you know, women start to feel invisible after they're 30 years old. Because Mm -hmm. I've read somewhere that 21 is the optimal age for a woman. Whether that's true or not, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) But their age and also biological clock. I want to have children. And if I don't get married now, then I'm never, it's going to be difficult for me to have children. And so they, you know, they just want someone to have a baby with and to get married. And, you know, they idealize life with children, I think, Mm -hmm. and being married. So that's the first reason age. And uh, we mentioned this earlier, I think all three of us, some people think that marriage will instantly make a relationship better.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And it just doesn't. You're still the same people you were the day before you got married. And then the next day. So, um, yeah it doesn't instantly make a relationship better. It I, it shows us how much we're sinners and it could magnify the problems we already have. And some people think, you know what, the, if they are dating someone that they have a lot of red flags about, they think this is my last chance to get married. No one else will come along. Mm. And a lot of the students heard that at the Christian colleges or maybe in churches. Look, there's a lot of guys here and girls here. And if you can't find someone here, you're never going to be in a place where there's that many Christians around. Right. And so they're like, well, I've got to find somebody now. That's why, uh, at least in uh, evangelical circles, conservative circles, they always, on a college campus, they talk about having a ring by spring of their <laughs> senior year. Have a ring by spring. And if you don't have a ring by spring, you're screwed. And so there was that real pressure. So, I mean, I did see girls and guys that were just trying to make things, relationship work that in any other situation would not work. So that last chance to get along is a third one. And some people think, you know, if it doesn't work out, I can always get a divorce, uh, mm. which I think is, again, mm, especially as
1: so Christian.
2: yeah, that's yeah. not the way to look at it. Because, again, our decisions, our thoughts, our words, our lives are affect us and others in a much deeper way than we can imagine. Um, the fifth and sixth one that I added in addition to these were which that we a lot of Christians... Yeah, thank you they feel like well we're having sex so that's wrong so I better get married Mm -hmm. and I often tell people well two wrongs don't make a right okay you know go back yeah amen chastity because if you get married just for that reason that's a very bad reason to get married Mm -hmm. (laughs) because that's all you have there's a lot more to marriage than that so
1: alleviating your guilt is not the way to get God's grace either. I mean, God says that he loves us no matter what. And if we're trying to work towards his grace, and if we think that there's something we can do to make him love us less or more, I mean, that, that's that heresy. Is a lie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we, yeah. we sh- yeah. So I love what you said, you know, two wrongs don't make a right. Like, Let's yeah. just like not go down this road maybe.
2: Yeah, and uh and you and Laura you named the last one because of the guilt associated with premarital sex or having mm-hmm. had a child, you know, they mm-hmm. um I know women that had children and so they're like, Well, I must I better him, even if the person's a jerk.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um and that was a lot of the tradition in the past. You get married because you got pregnant. And so again, I don't think you know You don't want a child, let's say the person's abusive, you don't want a child growing up in an abusive household just to try to make something right. So those were some of the reasons I listed in the article. And, I mean, it was hard-won wisdom on my part, but, you know, I I just, in the end, um, I listened to the community, my family and community, people that knew me the best, and to myself. Mary, actually, you were talking about um, your gut. I mean, is it the Holy Spirit, your conscience? I mean, I'm not sure exactly what your gut is. I'm like, is it your conscience? Yeah. It, you know, <laughs> your moral meter? I mean, I'm, I agree that the church helps develop our conscience, but I don't think any priest or pastor would say, hey, you know, if you have such red flags and doubts, you know, go ahead and get married because being married is, I hope no priest or pastor. I know. I hope not. Being married <laughs> is better than not being married i mean the catholic church honestly can't say that because they do um also you know i highly value celibacy and monasticism so i um, not protestant not so much
0: <laughs> that is true yeah that is a good point it's still though catholics still if you know if you don't feel that call to be a nun or a monk or a priest we still do have that idealization of marriage and family.
2: Yes. yes, right. Mm-hmm.
0: Really, really strongly. And probably not as bad as you pointed out as the, um, evangelical community, because, you know, it, it's not like the only life option for us, but it definitely is a factor and kind of an element of pressure. And it makes the biological clock tick even louder when like by already 25, all of your friends are married and have kids. And, yeah you know, I, um, I, I wasn't in the situation of being engaged, but I was in a relationship with someone that I thought probably went on way past its expiration date because of that, because like my friends would get together and we would talk, it was supposed to be ladies night, actually it was supposed to be a prayer night. And, but we would only talk about like husbands and mothers in law and kids and stuff like that. And so I stayed with this guy, like, basically because I felt like it made me accepted, you know, and it gave me something to talk about with my friends. Yeah, we all
2: have our reasons, don't we? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah,
0: Yeah, which looking back, it's like, what? Uh. Marlena, may I I
1: ask and go back a little bit into your story when you were talking about how you were stubborn? I think all of us can relate to that, but I wanted to ask you specifically about what you meant with that because I couldn't figure out if you, you meant you stayed with him because you wanted to prove everyone else wrong that they were wrong about you, or were you? What What did you mean by saying you were stubborn?
2: Oh yeah, thanks. That's a great question. I think reflecting back that uh, it wasn't so much wanting to prove everyone else wrong, but um, it was. You know what? He's a Christian. I should make this work. He's nice to me. You know, he's treating oh, me the best. So mm-hmm. at that time, mm-hmm. he was like the best you know because i had some not good or not well, i should say one not good relationship in high school so i thought this was my only option you know i just didn't think mm. i had backed myself into a corner and you know but i think i mean maybe my mom and i were that and other people were seeing that you know being a christian not the only criteria for a husband i mean i think you should marry a christian bible folks don't be unequally yoked if you're going to get married, but that is like the lowest common denominator. Yeah. They need to be emotionally healthy, you know, you know, lots of other things taking, I think self-motivated, to take care of themselves if they can, you know, some people can't, you know, I know people that are married to people with different situations, but in my case, it's just, I just thought I had to make this work. He's the right guy. And I didn't even have any mm-hmm. concept that there could be anyone else for me, mm-hmm. but then, you know, I was like, oh, I would rather be single than <laughs> than get married. So you know, when I broke it off, it was not like I had. I mean, you know, like I'm like, okay, I'm already going to marry someone else. It was, you know, I can't do this. So.
0: Yeah, well, that's that a one. really good point. I mean, I I really I love the metaphor that you were talking about. I mean, I I've thought about it a lot about the trying to like fit a square peg in a round hole or something yeah. like that, and how I feel like that's how a lot of us actually kind of approach dating. Like, like, we feel like we're the ones that are wrong for not being able to make that work, when mm. really, it's just not gonna work.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I have to say, I've not been on the dating scene, you know, for <laughs> a long time, but I have no idea how things are now with you know the different Uh, social media, just all the pressure. I don't know. I just wonder if there's a lot more pressure on people or if it's a lot worse (laughs) or just the same as it's always been. I don't know. I can imagine there's a lot of obstacles to doing the right thing, you know, especially if you want to, you want to honor Christ with your life and follow his teachings and and you want to hope that, well, if I follow Jesus, then I will get the desires of my heart. And if the desires of my heart is to be married, and I'll get married, but that doesn't always happen. Jesus doesn't promise us that we'll get the desires of our heart. I mean, maybe he'll give us the desires of our heart, but he, he doesn't promise us that we'll get the very thing that we wish for, right? Like yeah, my yeah. husband's dad died, though we prayed fervently. He died of cancer, and we really wanted him to live, but that, that wasn't to be. So mm. I don't want to, I never want to say, well, if you just do this, if you break off with the guy that you had the, red flags with you know what then the right guy will come along well i don't know but i just want to help people avoid misery if i can in of any way.
0: course yeah and i think doing that i mean it's it's it was really brave of you but it really speaks to a faith in something greater and you know because if anything it's like well maybe there isn't someone else coming your way but at least you can have faith in the person that God created you to be and the journey that God has you on and put your trust in that rather than like Mm -hmm. Laura said, the fear and making all of your decisions somehow fear-based either, you know, I'm getting too old. There won't be anyone else for me. Or, you know, this is what everybody wants and I'm afraid of social rejection or, or whatever, Mm. you know, I, I think it really, does come down to a faith issue at the end of the day. And also realizing that like, yeah. you know, being single is not the worst thing that could possibly happen to you. <laughs> Seriously. Yes yeah. yes.
2: yeah. And I guess one last thing I would want to say is, you know, and I think we've mentioned it, but just be a part of the community. What does what is your community? The people that love you the most and know you the best, you know, what are they saying? And even if you, let's say there's, you know, you might know more than they do because of your gut, your conscience, what you want to call it. And so at least the minimum you could do is like, at least put the relationship, getting married on hold, if you have just really major doubts um, and see, see what happens.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. There's no rush to it too. You know, I mean, even if you are in a relationship and you, are questioning it, well, who says that you have to get mu- married in six months? I mean, maybe you set a date, maybe, but you know, mm-hmm. even then, if you still want to give it a try, it's not like anyone is forcing you to do that. If you want to take, you know, another six months or a year to see where it goes. I think that's much a safer bet than just saying, let's go through with it. And then if we don't like it, we'll get divorced. I mean, uh, obviously as Christians, yes. that's yeah. probably not the ideal scenario to be in, but I think, but I think it is hard to really um, juggle all of those questions of like I mean what is the red flag mine or is it or am I just being yeah. too picky I think that's the other that's the other question that we're facing today I think is am I too picky or is is this the right course of like like is my ideal man too ideal or you know yeah like those questions is it like just when, my work um, yeah, yeah. And and I think that's where your, your family and your friends, the people that know you the best, can be the most helpful. And it's up to you to be open to that. Because we, when we did our red flags episode, I think the, one of the things that stood out to me was um, when you're hiding things from your friends about your yes. other person. You know, yeah. And yeah. I think that's the major red flag that you really need to be honest with yourself, and I think that's where it has to start, you know? Like, be open to yourself, honest about what you're feeling and how how you're feeling, and then go to your friends and just, you know, be willing to hear the thing that you don't want to hear because you have to know that they love you and they don't want you to walk into something that you may regret for the rest of your life, you know? So. And you,
0: yeah. I want to add another thing. To, I don't know if this is worthy to be added to your list, but I think another kind of pressure <laughs> in the Christian culture is that like we value sacrificial love so highly and it is a good thing, uh, you know, like that's, that's really, really good because like we're all trying to imitate Christ and we all want to be like him, and you know, there's no greater love than lay down your life for your friends, and you know. But like, I think because of that reason, some people are in relationships, and like, they know that they're hard, but they see their suffering as kind of virtuous, maybe, or that you know, well, the, all relationships are hard, and this is how it's supposed to be, without right. thinking. You no, know, maybe like. That's this is not how it is supposed to be, <laughs> you know. Maybe, uh-huh. maybe it's just that I shouldn't be with this person, and maybe there is a, another person out there for me, and the relationship would not be as hard. Uh, that's
2: perfect. Yeah. That should be like
0: number seven.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, yes, down. I got on yeah. your list.
2: <laughs> Virtual high yeah, five, too bad I can't, <laughs> yeah too bad I can't rewrite it. You know, and I, I don't know. Um. One of the things, um, I don't know if we're getting to the end here, but, you know, I don't want to add too many other things, but one other thing that I would say to people, and I said to myself, is, like, I would ask these girls, and I I think this is a question I completely forgot about, that I asked myself, can you marry him or her today the way they are, like, Mm. today? Like, if Uh. they never changed, can you marry them today? And if you can't marry them today, then at least pause because if you can't then why are you doing getting married because again yeah, that's that thinking that they're going to change
1: yeah exactly I mean it goes back to what you you guys were saying about um you getting married is not going to make the relationship any better you're going to be the same person that you are the day before the wedding and after the wedding but one of the mm-hmm. things one of my my mentors uh used to say to me is that um that whoever that guy is, it's like, if you're waiting for him to change, that's just not going to happen, especially like the older you are, like, again, I'm in my 30s. So, you know, in the pool of people, um, you are probably already set in your ways, you know, and no, oh, yeah. no amount, you know, like nothing is going to really change your fundamental, the fundamental person. I mean,
0: that's I don't right. want to go
1: into like, when you become saved, and like, there's this whole big change. I'm, like, that's different. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the fundamental characteristics, like the, the the vibe this person gives off, the chemistry you have with them, just because you get married, just because you have children, or you think like, oh, we'll get married and then we'll have children, like that will change. Like I don't think that does. And I mean, if it does happen, I I think it's very very rare. But I just hear that consistently over. I, I haven't been married very long, but from from previous. Um, from friends that have been married for a long time telling me that like, it, he's the same guy that I married fundamentally, you know, and we would hope to think that you are going to be growing in different ways, but that fundamental person, I think people go in if they're, you know, if they're still unsure they they have this hope that, Oh no, they're going to, they're going to be different. Like we're going to, we're going to change things once we're, you know, once we make a commitment or whatever. And it's just simply not true.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah i i completely agree i completely agree with you about that it's yeah it's just not uh there won't be unless there's a major crisis but even it still takes a long time to change even in spiritual yeah. formation they say it's like a glacier you change yeah. slowly to become like christ yeah. so even yeah, if you yeah. want
0: to <laughs> let alone if you don't yeah, want that's to yeah <laughs> <right>? that's <laughs> <right>. seriously
2: yeah
0: <laughs> oh and that's the other
1: thing like mission i mean this is probably a whole different podcast Episode, but missional dating. You know, like I'm going to be. Oh, this person is not a believer, but wait till they date me, and then I will turn them to <laughs> Jesus. You know, and I don't mean yeah. to make that sound facetious in any way, because yeah. I know that that is a real struggle for people. I mean, Mary Ashley and I yeah. even have gone into the territory of like, why are all the Christian men? You know, I don't. Want, I'm going to why Watch are your all men, <laughs> Why are all the Christian men horrible? And like this who's not a Christian but he treats me well you know like right. why is that a thing yeah. you know and it's so easy to fall into and the truth is it's like Christian men and non-Christian men as well as Christian women and non-Christian women across the board we have our moments of terribleness and we have our moments of goodness you know like we're it's, it's but like you were saying earlier about um, um, that's the baseline you know he has to be a Christian like that really is the baseline because there's so much more out of that but if you're not even starting with that you can't hope to think that you're going to change that person if Christ is right. the only one that is the key to salvation, you know.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah That's yeah, I guess this prime it seldom works. <laughs> I mean, like maybe a few times, but not all the time. So Oh my, yes. <laughs> That's a red flag too, probably.
0: <laughs> so, do you have any yeah. uh final thoughts or advice that you would like to give people
2: yeah you know i think i'd go with the last thing i said if you can't marry you know i guess we're talking about guys if you can't marry him today ask yourself why not yeah Yeah. you're miserable with who he is today um ask yourself marriage is not going to change it if you're just miserable 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 Yeah, I don't think marriage will change that at all. I mean, there's always possibilities, and you know, there are miracle things that happen. But if you have those red flags and you're miserable and you can't marry him today, then I'd at least say, um, you know, do the hard work of, you know, you might even have to tell people because maybe you're getting married next week
1: or Mm. in a
2: while. It might be embarrassing. But I think people might respect that if you say, I, you know, I, I don't I don't know if I can go through with this because, you know, there's some things you have to work on. I think people would be far more likely to respect that and be happy for you than for you to go down the aisle on your wedding day regretting every step.
0: Mm.
2: <laughs> and so um, th- that's my advice. Yeah. And I know it's easier said than done, but uh, sure. I really think um, it's. Being single um, is better than marrying the wrong person. And that's the testimony of a lot of married people and, and divorced people that I know.
0: Yeah. And I think what, what you're saying is really wise. And it can even be used by single people. Because I only discovered like last year or in the past couple of months like a not every guy even if he goes to church every day that doesn't make him a good person to have a relationship with or the person that I should I should be having a relationship with and b uh that kind of the number one qualification of seeing someone should be are you excited to see them again <laughs>
2: Yeah. Oh. yeah, really <laughs>
0: And it. It, it sounds so simple, but I, I l- just realized that like just a couple of months ago that I was like, wow, like I'm really doing a disservice to someone. If I'm not excited about seeing them again, it's kind of like lying in a way because then yeah. you know, they're like, oh, well, like you said yes to our date so like obviously you must be as excited as I am and like and really for me it's like well I'm just kind of giving it a chance and seeing what happens and like I don't feel attracted when I'm trying to see what ha- you know see if that grows and um it, but yeah you know oh. it's like it's really that- not fair to either of you if you don't feel excited Amen. about spending time with someone and uh, you yeah.
1: And that's a whole nother episode that we should do because that is a fine line because you want to be open to try, you know, like somebody is going to ask you out, like that takes a lot. And then you don't know who that person is um, on either side. So it's like, why not, you know, go out and see, but then if you aren't excited, like, like how many chances do you give a person or how, you know, what is that space of time that you give yourself to see if you want, you know yeah like, exactly really and then but then like that's yeah. i
0: feel like it's kind of a snowball effect if you kind of just start going out with someone just because then then you find yourself you know in marlena's situation of like <laughs> yeah. engaged. yeah suddenly you're like what <laughs> you i know. completely agree uh, i think
2: it this could totally be another podcast and you guys could even write about it it's just it goes deeper and
1: deeper i think
0: yeah yeah well yeah yeah so, i yeah, yeah.
1: That's good. Sorry, Mary, Ashley, I think you were going to say what I was going to say. Go ahead.
0: No, oh, I was going to wrap it up. Do you have any other final thoughts?
2: I think that's all I know right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I any of these
2: things I think can, we can talk about for a long time because it's multi-layered, but I think that sure. you, guys too, you have a lot of wisdom. You definitely have a lot of wisdom, and I'm really grateful that you asked me to be on, but it's, I mean, it's something that a lot of people go through, and I think that they can yeah. relate to. And some of us wish we didn't make the decisions that we did. So,
1: mm. prayers. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Well,
1: thank you so much for being on with us and for sharing your heart and your sharing your experiences and your likewise your wisdom with us. So yeah, appreciate thank that. You.
0: And do you happen to have like a favorite Bible verse to share with our listeners for someone who might be in this? you know, like having trouble deciding what to do and discern kind of situation? Yeah. Oh yeah. That's, that's a
2: good question. You know, I, I think Matthew six twenty five 25 to 33, great. Seek God's kingdom first and his righteousness and all these things will be added um, unto you. What we needed, what yeah. we need for life, you know, maybe it won't be the relationship, but the joy and peace, you know, it'll come. And, uh, Gosh, I didn't even say that. When I broke up with him, I had such peace after I did it. I wasn't miserable anymore. Mm. I started to gain weight again, mm. Um, mm. and because uh, I was doing the wrong thing, you know. Um, and so yeah. when we obey, we do what's right. Not that our life will be perfect, but we can take courage and knowing, you know, we're we're it's all we're obeying in the kingdom and obedience for all of us. And the particularities may look different in our circumstances, but overall, it's are we following Christ? In this situation, and he says, "Just yeah. seek me and my righteousness, and what you need to live will be added to you."
0: Mm, that's beautiful. That's a really wonderful place to wrap up. So, Marlena Graves, uh, thank you so much. Uh, your again, your book is a beautiful disaster, finding hope in the midst of brokenness, and it's been mm, such an title. honor. Yeah, wonderful title. It's been such an honor to talk to you today.
2: Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it.
0: Same here. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. This has been another episode of Fishers of Men.
1: If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, please email us at fishersofmenpodcast@gmail.com at gmail.com or find us on our website at fishersofmenpodcast.com. We are also on Facebook under Fishers of Men. Follow us on Twitter at at fishing or on Instagram at Fishers of Men Podcast. There is an underscore after each word. Please
0: also remember to rate and make comments on iTunes if you feel so inclined. It's really important so that other people can discover our podcast. I'm Laura Semarezams. I'm Mary Asha Burton. Until next time, keep swimming.